Hey, this is Max, and this is The Uncommon Truth, in search of the church the way Jesus meant it to be. This week on the show, we're welcoming back Pastor Steve Orsillo, and we're going to be dealing with some reviews from listeners and talking about the difference between doing and being, as in doing for Jesus and just being with Jesus and and some of the misconceptions surrounding that topic. Hopefully that's a good reminder that when, when you leave a review on iTunes or send me an email, I actually do check it and I actually do pay attention. So I'd love to hear more of your thoughts, questions. Uh, if you've listened to an episode and you want to give me some feedback, I would really welcome it and I will give you a shout out on the air. Here's a good example. This is a review written in a couple days ago on iTunes from T.S. Dalziel. I have no idea if I've said that right, but you know who you are. And it goes like this. Wow, just listen to the interview with Jordy and Stephanie Mumby, which was inspiring. Love that they remind us to keep our focus on Jesus. This was well presented and good questions were asked and answered. Praying for the Mumby family. Thank you, T.S. Dalziel, whoever you are, for listening and, and commenting on iTunes. We really appreciate that. And keep them coming. We'd love to know what you think of our episodes and how we can keep presenting you with the, the church the way Jesus meant it to be. Stick around after Steve. We're going to be uh, giving you more information about how you can connect with us, ways that you can see more of what the Father's House Church and the Uncommon Truth do on a daily basis. So stick around for that at the end of the show. Um, and without anything else, we will get to Steve Orsillo. And as always, Steve will be bringing us the Uncommon Truth. Okay, welcome to The Uncommon Truth. We're happy to be joined again by Steve Orsillo. It's been a couple weeks, but glad you're back. Good to be here, man. Anything new and exciting in your world? Just the incredible nature of God in my life is just always a blessing, further up and farther in. So there's a, there's a bunch of stuff going on. This is what we kind of like to call... Uh, transition time. Yeah. So we have our school of transformation, which is there's a start date every six months, right? And uh, so we we graduate graduate the levels that yeah. are up for graduation a couple weeks ago, and so then yeah. this weekend we've got new students joining us coming in from. Well, we were just talking to somebody who's going to pick up somebody from Australia and people yeah. from Germany, people coming from all over yeah, the that's world. That's right. Today's a big international pickup, right? At different so, airports. So this is this kind of the start of a new a new season what are you looking forward to um i am just looking forward to the father's house church continuing to just build the kingdom in oroville really and i think that when people come to us it's just you know uh another opportunity to spread the message that god's given us the the love that god's given us the passion the inspiration that he's given us just to continue to add it to one more just the next the next man up next woman up yep that's right so in the uh in some of the changes for people who are for in the church who are not listening abroad in germany or australia or any of those places what can people expect in this new season Um, probably the biggest thing is the kids church changeover danielle who was the head of the business office and took it and soared with it and built a bunch of uh, really powerful people in there. Yeah, we heard her, we heard her jobs. talk about that on the podcast a few weeks back. Yeah, she's taken over the children, and she's just 
absolutely going to revolutionize it. So the people who attend the church are going to drop their kids off differently. It's a, you know, it's change. And that's mm-hmm. always a kind of a balancing act <laughs> right? in the church. you got so many different personalities. Some are going to take it well. Some are going to be excited. And others might have a problem. I'm, we're really praying those problems down. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, uh, so the kids' church, the youth, um, the some of the visions we have for men uh, in the church, the masculinity, and um, using that correctly, and the youth, uh, we've been lacking in youth ministry because Orville really has a challenge with youth ministry mm. to really, um, it's a big, it's a big choice for kids to follow Jesus and and renounce the world. The world is really enticing to them, and so we put Derek. Danielle's husband in charge of that. We've okay. uh, Amy and Tiffany, who both ran departments. Tiffany was uh, um, Life Recovery Ministries, and Amy was the Children's Church. They have both joined my daughter, Nicole, who is back from the fight against leukemia from Stanford University. Mm-hmm. She's been gone two and a half years with her daughter, trying to you know, help her family survive the leukemia that attacked her daughter. And she's back on. She's back here working full time. Never left the staff, but obviously left the day to day operations. Right. And she's here to run Church Life, which is the um, new department that we've created um, to go after all the things that encompass Church Life. And they have a big job ahead of them. They have all the outside visitors coming to live on our campus for a week mm-hmm. at a time called Project 61. They've got the church services to run. It, it's really a list as long as my arm, Yeah, uh, the things they have to do. And they have a pretty big staff. We, we were able to give them a pretty big crew, including some senior leaders. And so it's going to be, it's just going to be awesome. It's kind of exciting to see the church is growing rapidly and maybe we'll be able to keep up with it. All right. Is there uh is there any like bigger, Service-related news that you wanted to break well, we're, on the podcast? Yeah, we're, uh, we're on October 6th. We're going to start having two Sunday morning services, and we um, are kind of excited. We're kind of stuffed out in the one, and when we have two, it'll make more seats to fill, and we're gonna, we have a lot of challenges ahead of us with those, you know, trying to keep the same flavor, the same love, the same unity that we walk in. Right. We have unity beyond anything I've ever seen in the Christian world. And uh, we'll be challenged. We'll have challenges ahead of us to keep that same spirit, that same ideal, those same messages. Right. So we're we're doing a lot around here. We're we're always doing a lot, right? Right. And that kind of gets us into our topic for today. And this topic, uh, if you've ever you've heard me talk on the podcast, like, hey, send us your feedback. We want to know. Want to know what you think of the show, of the episode? I'd encourage you guys to do that. I'm putting my email in the show notes. And there's also reviews that you can put in on iTunes, which helps us know how we're doing, but also helps us boost up the rankings for iTunes. So that's my plug for that. But in that process, we, we did hear back from a listener probably about um, two-thirds of the way through our back catalog. So um, uh, this is episode 21, so probably around episode 13, 14, and uh, this listener, I think she listened to a few episodes and said uh, she left us a one star review on iTunes and said, um, it seems like our podcast and, and our ministry is a little bit more concerned with doing than being, which was uh, kind of an unspoken critique. I'm, I'm taking it as a critique because it was a one star review. Right. And so that's what I want to talk about today and get your feedback on. The whole idea of 
of being being versus doing and whatever that means I, I guess we have to determine some some vocabulary there but yeah uh, when you when you read that because I saw I know you saw that too um, when you're you know you go back and listen to yourself on the podcast right, right. that's always weird for me hearing my own voice <laughs> but you always want to know what's what's going on what did, what was crossing your mind when you well, when read I read that? it I took it as a criticism and I blinked a few times and then realized wait a minute that's what I was aiming at um, and realized what a compliment that was. I, I doubt, I don't know the lady. I, I don't know who it is and I, I don't want to be offended, nor do I want to offend. I, mm-hmm. I just read it and thought more about doing than being. And it, and it, it really, it comes from a misconception, I think of today's Christianity in the Western world. And I, I'm not, I have no desire to criticize her. I just, I just know that my philosophy from the beginning back in 1975, when I first began to read the Bible and understand Jesus, was that he, his, his admonition to us was to be doers of the word, hmm. not hearers only. Right. And I would think the comment was about, you know, be, just being a person loved by God and living your life as a person loved by God. Mm-hmm. And I... I understand their point of view, but I, I took it as a real compliment. I really hope that I am a, more about doing than being because I also believe you are what you do. And I think people are going around the world today saying you are not what you do. What you do does not define you. And I beg to differ. I, I, what I do definitely defines me. I mean, I the way I respond even to everyday things is as a carpenter in construction the way i look at vision the way i look at an open door i just i see how a builder sees and so my my persona everything i am my visionary the my inner visionary comes out through exactly what i've done i mean what i've done completely defines me you can count on me being who I am and who I am is greatly influenced by what I've done. Hmm. And so if I was a liar and you call it, you would know not to trust me because that's what I am is a liar because you lie because I lie. <laughs> if I was a thief, um, you'd know I was, if I stole things, you'd know I was a thief. And I, and I just, I don't even, I must be missing something really. I'm not criticizing the other point of view. I just don't even understand it. If you have babies, you are now a mother. It's what you did. You went and had babies, mm-hmm. and the baby wasn't visited upon you. You did something to have a baby. You went ahead and had the baby, and that makes you a mother. What you do defines you. Mm-hmm. And your whole life changes when you have a baby. And when you have two, it changes again. <laughs> and when you have three and your two of you are outnumbered, it changes again. Yeah. And, you know, it, it really does define you. I mean, a person with one could, kid could not advise you today with three kids. Because they wouldn't have a grid for understanding when two people have three kids. Right. It's a totally different world. You're only a couple weeks into it, and you will grow in that. And to become an advisor, you will be known as a man that can be asked, what's it like to have three kids? Yeah, and, right now it feels like zone defense. You know, what's it like to plan a church? You can't know that unless you've done it. And the whole, I am because I do, I, I, I am a passionate lover of God because I do things that are passionate and with passion and things I love the about. Lord because I have 
acted upon what he said love is, and I deliver love to him by what I do. Okay. He even said, you'll know who loves me by who obeys me, who does what they hear me say. I mean, it's all over the place. It's uh, so I don't even I I don't think it's a discussion that can be biblical. I mean, I imagine there can be verses used against it, but mostly I think that the argument is it can't be biblical because the Bible is all about being what you do. Yeah, you know, you are what you are, the servant of God if you serve God, and you are a lover of God if you love Him. He loves you, and that is also defined by what he's done, his creation of you, the world he created for you, all the way down the line to what he says love is, and that is that Jesus died on a cross. For this is the love of the Father, that he sent Jesus to die on the cross. It's what he did that defines it. Yeah, not not because he felt love for you while you were stuck no. in your sins and didn't do no. anything. right? And even if I reject Jesus, he still loves me, but he's going to let Jesus' words judge me. Yeah. He's going to judge me. And even though he loves me. Yeah, no, I, I think back to, I think my time in, in university before I had found the Navigators ministry where I actually started doing some things, um, I had gone into university as sort of like the, I don't know, I was on a bit of a roller coaster. I wasn't really... You know, on my good times, I wasn't really paying much attention to the Lord because I, I wasn't really in in need for Him, and and I wasn't really doing much for Him. And then in my bad times, then I'd I'd be like, oh, you know, like the song, Jesus, take the wheel, help me out. I'd lean on Him for a while until my life got better again, and then I would say, okay, cool, I got this. Um, but I think the the biggest thing that I think back in this conversation, back to that time before I started getting involved, was that. I was almost bored as a Christian. Like, okay, yeah. well, it's it's all done, right? So it's all right. done, and now my my job is now I'm 20 years old. I have to just survive. You know, I just have to be on the earth until I die to go be with yeah. Jesus, right? Yeah. Because it was that was the only thing, and I'm so happy and blessed that people came around me and the navigators and and my mentor at the time and kind of slapped some sense into me, like, hey, we got a job to do, right? There's people here that need to be discipled. Right. Uh, but in, until that point, I felt really listless. Right. And I, w- I was just being what I knew to be a Christian. I was just resting in in my, I guess, what I thought of as my identity as a Christian. Right. But that rest didn't manifest itself in anything for me, right? It it actually, um, in in that rest, I had grown, like my muscles weren't, Yeah, I wasn't using right. my muscles, right? Like uh, my faith muscles, I wasn't. I wasn't trusting God. I wasn't, I wasn't following him. I wasn't obeying him really. I was sort of just doing my own things. Right. But I was, I was just, I don't know. I don't mean to caricature this view of, of being, but that's what I think of. Right. Mm -hmm. So when, you know, you use the word rest and, and a lot of people resist doing because of the words that are used, enter my rest Yoke yourself to me, my rest, you know, my uh, yoke is easy. You'll find rest for your souls. And I think that they think that rest means the lack of work, the absence of effort, the absence of of doing. And, yeah. and it doesn't because 
the very word yoke yourself to me. My yoke is a that's a working tool. It's like that's a where two oxen. That's two. It's where you're bound to something that works. So you're bound to Jesus with a yoke, and you'll find rest for your soul. I think it is that He does most of the work, but it it isn't a word that means absence of work. It's rest means who you you'll you'll be able to hang out with Jesus. You'll be able to be the house of the Father and the Son. The Holy Spirit will live in you. And this in itself, even while you're laboring, you'll have rest. Hmm. That's really the whole answer to the gospel. Even when you have circumstances that are trying, you have rest. When you are working, running a marathon, you have rest. You find the rest in the Lord while you work. And that's why we don't grow weary much around here. And I don't think we're in danger of uh, burning out because... We live in his rest while we are yoked to him working alongside of him. Mm-hmm. We get to work for Jesus. I mean, it's just like I pinch myself. Why does he let me do this? Right. And this, being the Father's house, is pretty substantial. It's pretty, I mean, it is phenomenally beautiful what we do here. And the people that work here, they are beautiful. Yeah, I don't think most people who visit, because I, I still remember the time I visited when you come into a service or see like a, an event put on by the father's house or by our team, you don't think uh, a 200 person church, right? You think this is, must be a 2000 person church. Right. right? Um, and it's just, there's a lot of, there's a lot of doing going on. There's a lot of doing and we're really proud of it. I mean, it's not how we get saved. It's because we're saved. I mean, I, I think that because he granted me forgiveness, I just owe him everything. Yeah. And I want to go out. What what needs to be done? What can I do? And I think works in the Christian church are such a privilege. I mean, I get to do something in return for what's been done for me. Well, it goes back to your saying, I'm owed nothing. I deserve deserve nothing. nothing. And I get to work for Jesus, right? And I owe everything, and I get to work for Jesus. I mean, for me, I owe everything, right? So it's like, it's like, (laughs) my debt could never be paid nor does he require it to be paid it's my privilege it's not a it's just my privilege to get to feel like i'm doing something like when my mom used to give me quarters and i put them in the offering as a kid it was like i was giving something but i wasn't giving anything he gave it yeah uh, i i just got to feel like i was mm-hmm. and i was proud i was, I was i'd beam you know yeah so so in North America, where did we get the idea that this doing and being were incompatible, that they were, uh, as, as this comment sort of states, it's sort of presupposed that they're, they're verse each other, right? That they can't be, if you have too much doing, you don't have enough being or, or vice versa, right? I think that, you know, I would be, you know, I think that I would not be able to pinpoint exactly, but I would have to guess that it would come from the theology of sin cannot affect my, what my body does in sin cannot affect my soul's condition. Hmm. And so therefore, if I do bad with my body, my soul doesn't get touched. Therefore, if I do good with my body, my soul doesn't get, get blessed. It's not, the benefit doesn't come from doing anything. And the fear of, you saying you're working your way to heaven. By no means, if any man says he works his way to heaven, then he he by no means he's a he's a he believes a miss. 
Mm. That's so I think sometimes it's Calvinism. Sometimes it's, you know, I think sometimes it's a mixture, but mostly it was born in the days of the apostles, the earliest time after the first baptism of the Holy Spirit, when men started to realize they had been touched by something holy, called by someone holy. They had been empowered. The weight of their sin had been lifted, but they didn't want to give up their lifestyle. They were forced with a choice, go this way or go this way. And they created a theology called Gnosticism, which is means special knowing. A Gnostic is a, someone, you know, agnostic means I don't know. Mm-hmm. Gnostic means I do know. And what they were saying was their knowing came from a revelation from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit told them they could still go to the temple prostitutes and be a Christian, that they could be filled with the Holy Spirit while they still did these things. Mm. And it was, you know, it was a... If you read those harsh words in the epistles from Paul, Peter, John, yeah. and James, you'll see that uh, what they're saying is, this is bad. Who can keep... If you continue to sin, you have no place in the Holy Spirit. It's not the Holy Spirit you're following. And they say a lot of things like that, that there is no more forgiveness. If you continue to sin deliberately, there's no forgiveness for you. Yeah. Will you nail Jesus again to a tree? You know, I mean, it's it's really clear that they came against a theology just like what we're against today. And that's where they came up with it. I mean, and you just read it, when you read their words, what they commend each other for is their love for one another that is demonstrated in their care. He mentions money. He mentions uh, land and houses and possessions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's really demonstrated in their care for one another. It's their love for one another. And your belief in the one who sent, he sent. And it's really an important uh, distinction that today we have the same battle. People saying that what I do doesn't affect my soul. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. Well, no. I mean, when it's saying that, it leaves out the one thing that can separate you from the love of God. You can choose to be separated. When you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you do not lose your free will to then change your mind and choose to walk away. Paul the Apostle said, pray for Demas. In love with the things of the world, he has chosen to go back to it. Um, it's like, okay, Demas got to choose. Pray for him. He needs help. He's chosen to reject grace for the things of the world. And so that when it says nothing can separate, it means by force against my will. Yeah. Well, nothing can separate me against my will. If I keep doing the right things and walking forward... Nothing can separate me. If I choose to walk away and do the wrong things, I'll be separated. And it'll be by my choice. It's like the prodigal who said, I want to go. And he goes. And the father doesn't chase him. But when he comes back, the father receives him. And just like that, Demas could be received back into the fold. Right. Anybody can. But it's all based on a choice and then an action. Yeah, I think of the, the, in the epistles, the talking about excommunication right it's it's not to get this person out of here so we don't have to deal with them it's that by some means that that they might be almost like they see how good they had it right that that they can be uh choose to come back what he states in that verse have nothing to do with him uh i turn him over to the satan for the destruction of his flesh so that on the day of judgment he might be justified meaning that he might so that 
we do this to show him that there's a true separation. Yeah. He's experienced God. We separate him. He wants God back. And he might come back and get be justified before he dies if you don't let him just linger in this sin. Right. So that's that one. But um, really... Uh, most of the New Testament ones that aren't that pointed, they're just they're just talking about there's a man amongst you who's sleeping with his father's wife, yeah, you know, and stuff like that. Don't you know what to do with this? How come you don't know? Mm-hmm. How come you can't judge for yourself that this is wrong? It's all about the evil purged from your midst. It's not about um, it's not about a fear of it infecting you. It's a fear of it infecting the young believer, yeah. the person that is struggling. And it's, you know, it's protecting the church. It's protecting the message. It's so that the message wouldn't be perverted. And I think today that in some cases, uh, the message gets changed like a Gnostic theology. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where it came from. So what are some of the dangers of that? Like just in our world today with, uh, on either side, like I, I picture back where we came from in Manitoba, all the roads are perfectly straight for hundred miles and there's a ditch on either side. And that's the only topography for, as far as the eyes can see are, are, you know, shallow ditches on either side yeah. full of water. Right? right. And so if I imagine the balance that the biblical balance of, if they are opposite doing and being, uh, being ditches on either side, um, what, what are the, what are the dangers of going too far to one side, whether that's too much rest and not enough doing or too much doing, not enough rest? Well, I don't know that there's too much doing. There's doing without spirit. There's doing without being. Okay. And doing without being is going to cause you to dry up and die. Doing with being, meaning being loved by God and being a person who loves God, being a a man of the spirit who has intimacy with God, um, I think that you it will dry up if you don't do. Okay. So if you do only, your faith will die. If you your motives are wrong, your faith will die. Mm-hmm. If you just sit in a closet, I mean, and do nothing, many will perish, and your faith will die, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. The world... We'll stop to believe. Stop believing. Stop accepting it as truth. I think we're in that right now. That's what you see happening. Yeah. Yeah. I think the message of being and not doing is killing the faith of, of all the Western world. Our church attendance has like gone from really high in the 80s, 80%, not the 80s, 1980s, but from 80% church attendance, say, at the turn of the 19th century, 1901 to 1910, yeah. something like 80% of Americans went to church. And um, today, it's less than 10%. Right. And so, I mean, that's a pretty pretty huge fall off. Um, it's really weird how almost 100% of people who immigrate here from some countries go to church, and when they get here, they stop. I think there's a, just a spirit of the Antichrist that just, I'm not saying the Antichrist is here. I don't know. That's not my call. But the spirit surrounding Antichrist is here, and it's for the purpose of destroying faith. You, you know, so many people like the worship leader and this guy, and from uh, they they publicly denounce their faith. Yeah, those, those two guys that yeah. in the last couple of weeks, Steve right. and I were talking off the show about, 
I can't remember his name, but the uh, the wouldn't want to say it anyway. Yeah, the the um, Hillsong worship leader, right? Who yeah is after now that he's he's gained notoriety and fame and fortune from being yeah. a big big worship leader. Now now he's not quite sure if if he's you know ready I, to follow I don't Jesus have anymore. any desire to even try to know what caused his faith to wane, but I would have to I would I could guess pretty strongly that his motive was wrong. Hmm. He had some wrong motive, and I've known a lot of musicians that use the church to be able to play and sing, and and you know, I, I so many of the great performers of our time that have done secular music started in the church. I think Whitney Houston started in the church, and yeah. she what a voice, what a talent, and Justin a, Bieber and, just led worship in yeah. Beverly Hills last weekend. He did not. He did. I just read an article oh, about wow. it this morning. And you know, my friend uh, Isabel Allum, mm-hmm. she. She mentored him as a child and, you know, prayed for him and prophesied over him at her church. And, you know, she mourns over his loss, but I'm sure she's excited that he led worship. I didn't know yeah. that. And um, if his faith is returning, that's awesome. But you you still got to have a faith that is whatever. You got to have faith in what Jesus says, not what the church says. Yeah. Not what is conventional Christianity or Gnostic belief, but... I believe if you are doing correctly, you will never grow weary. You'll run and not grow weary. You'll walk and not faint. You'll mount up with wings like eagles and you'll soar. And your being will be filled with the presence of Jesus. You will Mm. practice the presence of Jesus every day in your life. You'll be aware of his spirit living inside of you. Your body will be a temple to the living God and you'll follow him. You'll listen to him. But if you do with the wrong motive, you'll become a work your way to heaven person. You'll become a burnout. You, yeah. will, you will get tired, weary and well-doing. You will get tired. You'll be doing it for the accolades of people or some other motive, and you will not get the pay you are looking for, mm. and you will burn out. But if you're doing it because of what Jesus has already done for you, if you're doing it because of your sight of the cross, your vision of the cross of Jesus Christ, and you feel you owe him everything from that, you can do from the sun up to the sundown, you can do forever and never grow weary. You'll never get tired of giving everything you have and have, even if it's squandered. I think all the time of how many of us have squandered what Jesus did, even those that believe. And he is still patient with us. He's the prodigal father watching the horizon for us to return after we squandered his inheritance. Mm-hmm. And and so I, I'm just I'm just I'm really impressed with Jesus. And I couldn't imagine not doing, nor could I imagine not being defined by what I do. I think you come and tour the father's house and you look at the people, you just meet the people that run this place, and you're gonna like me. You're gonna think very highly of me. I want to be defined by that. Hmm. I want to be defined by the life that I shared with them, the life I've lived alongside of them, the sacrifices I've made to help them get here. I want to be defined by all of that. I love Jesus, and I did every one of those things for him, and I'm so grateful they benefited from it. And I, I'm looking for what's next. I mean, like, you know, I'm kind of excited about the future that he's going to let me pay for things. He's going to give me the quarters to pay for some stuff that are really going to bless some people. And he's going to give me the wisdom to decide some stuff that's really going to bless some people. He's going to give me the energy to use for others. And it's really going to uplift some people. And I'm really going to be excited afterwards. I'm going to look at it and go, wow, I got to do that. I got to be part of that. Whoa, aren't I glad I didn't say no? 
Aren't I glad I didn't say I'm so tired? I don't understand anybody saying that. Are you kidding me? Did you see the cross? Did you see the crucifix? I grew up under the shadow of the crucifix. Did you see those nails? That's crazy. And he did it willingly. No one took his life from him. He did it willingly. He went to the cross by his own desire. He said, Father, if there's any other way. But it was still his choice to say, your will, not my will. Hmm. And he went and he let him do that. Did you see those two-inch thorns? It was incredible. How could I say no? Aren't I glad I didn't say I'm too tired? Get someone else. I've done enough. No, I'm so glad. When I'm done, when I look at, I, I just just got out of you know team meeting where i'm looking around the rooms at the heroes of the faith man people who've walked the plank they've gotten out on the edge and left behind all the plans of their um, their world around them and i'm just like i know that if they hadn't chosen to do this we had have no success but i also know that if i hadn't chosen to do it they wouldn't have the success here anyway. Yeah. God God will give them another way. Yeah, but, that's, but they wouldn't have the success here that I see. Right. And I got to be part of it. It started with your yes, right? Yeah, that's my what yes, Danielle said. And then my doing. Spoke, right? Yeah. After I said yes, I said, okay, I'm, I'm willing. Now what? And he said, how about this? I said, okay. How about that? Okay. How about right. this? Okay. It's going to cost. Ooh, how much? This. Okay. Yeah. It's going to take your time. You know, you've only got to live. The clock's ticking on your life. It's going to take time. Okay. Yeah. And your energy. You know, you might not get to play softball anymore. You not, might not have the energy to go, you know, do whatever you want to do. Re- recreational. Yeah. Uh, really? Uh, okay. And I'm just, my wife in every case went alongside of me. I said, Lord, told me to give up our retirement fund, cash in our IRA, pay the penalties and use it for the ministry. She said, I'm not with you on that. I said, okay, Lord, you told me to do it. Can you tell her to do it? <laughs> um, so I thought I'd wait a few days and go see her, and I went back to her. I was going to go back to her to tell her, you know, hey, you know, the Lord told me this. Have you been thinking about it? Has he ever has he said anything else to you? And she, before I got to go talk to her, my, my office manager, D says, hey, this came in the mail, and it was her half. <laughs> She'd already cashed it in. It must have been the day I said. Yeah. So I called the guy. He just tried to talk me out of it every way which way but loose. Yeah. I cashed mine in, and we built that building over there on Elgin called the Dining Hall. Hmm. And you can't imagine. That's where our church started was in that living room. And how much ministry has happened because my wife decided, and I decided when he said, hey, it's going to cost you this amount right here, you have this account. I want you to cash it in and build that building. And my wife didn't say no. And I didn't yeah. say no. We said, really? Oh, okay. We're not either. Neither one of us said, well, who's going to take care of us in our retirement? Right. I said, well, I don't think I'm going to have a retirement. But if I did, it'd be nice to have that money. No, we didn't do that. We said, it's going to cost what? This retirement. Okay. Yeah. And so, yes, is a big deal. But then now we got all this money in our account. We, I still had to build it. It was still, it was, that building was me. I was, I was, you know, I already had a company with many jobs going and lots of employees. And I went over there as every chance I got, I just rolled up, got out, put my bags on, framed a little, stood a little, climbed a little, you know, yeah. put it all together. And people started joining me. And pretty soon I had that building built, you know, but 
it wasn't just the money. I still had every Saturday over there putting on the siding, trimming them, putting in the windows, you know, just built the house really. Yeah. Climbing the climbing the grafters. It's you know, I'm doing what I do. And I still had to put it out. And when it was done, I don't own it. It belongs to the Father's House Church, which is a corporation. And it was when I look at every person, like downstairs uh, when we held church in the back, my back right, your back left, there's a guy sits there every week with his wife. He lives on the car shop property. His name's Brian. Where would Brian be? If I hadn't have built that building, yeah, Brian went through LRM. Brian went through a lifetime of cooking dope, and in and out of prison. And now I've known him about seventeen years. Brian hasn't used dope once in seventeen years. Hmm. Brian was the most miserable thing any woman could ever connect to. Now he's married to a woman that is so happy to be married to him. He is living the life of joy. Just Brian himself. What would I do? What would he do if I had to have a retirement? What would he do if I wouldn't pay the price, do yeah. the thing, climb the rafters, use my spare time? You know, I only get so much time. So it's still about doing. And when it's done, I don't regret a thing. I look at it and go, I got to do that. I didn't have to do that. Yeah. I got to thanks do for, that. Thanks for making me the one to get to build this building. For I mean, you, it right? was crazy. Why me? Why did I get to do this? And he says, well... Exactly. Was why were you willing? Why was I willing? Are you kidding me? Have you seen the cross? Have you watched the movie that Mel Gibson made, The Passion of the Christ? Have you? I've had that. I I knew all that before because I grew up in a church that had a crucifix. Mm -hmm. I grew up Catholic. I sat under that cross my whole life, going, "What is this about?" And I just was, "Are you kidding me?" I wouldn't, there's nothing he could ask of me that I wouldn't do. He can have all my time, all my energy, all my life. But so instead, I end up with a shift, right? Yeah. But with all this, I end up with abundant life. I lack nothing. I, my time is, I, people ask me, how do you have time to do what you do? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Because whenever I'm asked, I give my time. Mm -hmm. Whenever it's required, whenever it's in front of me, I, I lay my energy on the line. Now at 63, I have way less energy. And yet, I still seem to have enough to do everything I need to do. Right. And my life is abundant. And I gave my life into this ministry. I've been here 21 years just laying my life down. And I just look at, Brian's just one story. There's another, there's so many stories. Oh my goodness. I just, I just love Jesus. I love the cross. This is the love of the Father, the cross. How could I say no? And so when someone says it's more about doing than being, I'm like, thank you. Hmm. That is exactly what I was trying to say. Because my, but you tell me that you, by being, will do something. I tell you that by doing something, I am being. And not only a little bit, I am, my whole life is being because of what I've done. Mm -hmm. And what I do. And what I'm willing, right now, sitting here today, I'll do anything he tells me to do. Right. And that to me, I don't. So the question was, when did, how, how did we get here? And what, 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 I don't know. All I know is me. <laughs> I, I can answer for me. And what I've heard and what I think is people probably went the old Gnostic way. Some of the messages John Calvin preached probably got twisted. It's not what he meant that we would ever sin 
I know he he was totally anti-sin. Right. Um, and yet they've used it for nothing can affect my soul. Anyway, I don't know if I've rambled. No, on no, that makes a lot of but, sense. And what I'm what I'm thinking, there's a few things I'm thinking about. Last week we had Jordy and Steph on. And a couple episodes before that, we had your daughter, Danielle, on. And a common theme between all three of those discussions here today and those two is that nothing, like these, these big things that have been done for Jesus, they didn't just come out of nowhere, right? No. They, it, was, it was a small yes and then a little bit bigger yes right. and then a bigger yes right. until one day you can stand, as Jordy and Steph are doing, and stand oh, yeah. brilliantly in in the most adverse Absolutely. situations right my favorite part about jordy is saying that cancer doesn't define him living with jesus is what defines him that's being right there yeah, that's that is being and that is doing that man i i i, I assign him his speaking engagements on wednesday night and it's like well you know i have a treatment and i go okay so do you want me to give you a different date no you gonna <laughs> yeah. you want me to be in reserve and wait if you can't make it yeah but I'll make it. And yeah. then he crawls up there on the stage, looks like a man that's going to not be able to stand there. I mean, he barely, he's just like, you know, with all of his might, he stands up and all of a sudden he has the strength to stand. Yeah. Because he pushed himself through all of those don't do it, don't do it, you can't do it, you can't do it thoughts. And he got up there and all of a sudden he's powerful. And it's not because he, he thinks he has to be there to no. gain something. I it's got him because covered. He has the privilege to be up there to speak to these group of That's right. people, right? It's his privilege, and he just wants to get this. He it's wants to be used here. by Jesus. And so him be him living for Jesus defines him not staying home because he had this horrendous radiation put in his body. Right. I mean, last night he was burning up from the heat of radiation, and he was radioactive. We couldn't get near him, and he yeah. delivers a message that about blows us off the wall. And it wasn't last night, it was the night before, but it just blows us out the door, you know? It's just like, wow, the whole altar's crying and people are just, you know, like, Jesus, I love you. I want to be defined by you in my life, you know? And that's that's the message. And Stephanie, Stephanie handling this like this, it's like, who are you and what did you do with Stephanie? <laughs> and um, because... I mean, she is a trooper. She got up at an offering one day, which she shared in the podcast, and she just shared how she struggled with tithing, but tithing and then giving more. And then her husband saying, what if we were to give it all? And then they give it all. And this 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 ladder or stair step of challenges that they met and did, and all of a sudden she gets told this horrendous news about his cancer, and she stands. Having done all to stand, she stands. Mm. And it's like she wants to share that it was the little things, that she chose to strengthen her faith to where when needed, she had faith. Yeah. Yeah. I think that might be a probably for the North American church a recipe from the enemy of, hey, if we can keep them from doing anything, right. then when when the attack comes... Yeah, there's there's nothing there they're That's not right. ready for it right That's and right. i know i know for me like man i can mm-hmm. be blown by the wind sometimes right i could be up and down based on based on little things not like the health of myself or my family but just just yeah. little circumstance things and yeah. i don't want to be like that i want to be the point where that i've i've stepped out enough to see that jesus has taken care of me 
And so, of course, he's going to take care of me this time, right? That's it's like right. teaching my kids to jump off the rocks at your pool, right? Yeah. Well, you jumped off that little rock, and I caught you. You jumped off the edge, and I caught you. You jumped off that medium-sized rock. So what makes you think you can't jump gonna, off the high one? Right. And, and three-year-olds get it. It's really good. So I really believe that um, we the message of you can have anything you believe God's going to do what you want him to do. He's a good, good father. You're a, you're a son. So if you ask for bread, he'll give you bread. It, it fosters an idea that he has to do everything you say, or he's not faithful. Hmm. He has to meet every need or you're, or he's not faithful. He has to come every time you call or he's not faithful. Yeah. And I have the attitude of, he never has to do what I ask. He never he doesn't owe me anything. Yeah. He doesn't have to heal anything. Um, and I'm, you know, I ask him to heal me of the things that are going on in my body. And sometimes he does, and sometimes I don't see it, but he's still faithful. My granddaughter, I was desperate when she was on death's door. And I have to tell you, I believe she's well today because of him. Yeah. And faith. But he didn't do what I asked. He didn't just miraculously heal her, mm-hmm. have the, everybody amazed, and and he didn't do that. Right. And I believed he would. And when it was done, I had to say, it doesn't matter if you do what I say. I will still do what you say. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if I don't get to have anything. I believe in you. I experienced you in my life. I've heard your voice felt your presence. You've given me visions. You've led me in ways and demonstrated your position in my life, your place in my life. I believe in you. Right. And he doesn't have to do what I ask. I have to do what he asks. And he doesn't owe me anything. I owe him everything. And that's my position in this world. Pastoring my church, raising disciples, leading the leaders. And we have seen miraculous unity we have not even tried to be unified once and we are so unified Mm. we don't preach about unity and we are unified we don't preach about a a lot of things that just appear around us we preach about unselfishness because we're all afflicted we preach about different things but the most important thing god told me that we preach is i owe you everything Mm -hmm. you owe me nothing Anyway, yeah, that's a that's not a message that is going to appear on a lot of pulpits on a Sunday morning around the United States. Of no, it sure isn't. But um, the fruit has has made itself pretty clear here it's in this clear. in this neighborhood. We're I'm not sure if we're picking it up, but there's I can hear the saws across the street as we yeah. have to expand our kids' building. The crews are have, back to work. The yeah. food banks open. You can hear it downstairs. There's right. noise everywhere in there. And it's uh, it's a good sound to hear. I, I kind of hope we do pick it up because it's people the are getting house fed alive. outside. And, it's the father's house alive. And we're man. making making room for more of your kids. So come on down, right? Last Friday of the month, it's probably a zoo out there with people <laughs> yeah. have run out of food from their from their food stamps and everything. Yep. So I'm sure the food bank outside is just crazy. Well, I appreciate your time, Steve, and uh, thank you so much for showing us. Yeah, showing us how to balance that. Yeah, and, Father, uh, manifest your presence yes, amen. in the Father's House Church and in everybody's life who's listening. Manifest your presence. Mm-hmm. We ask for it. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Steve. 
Thank you, Max. Well, that's basically it for The Uncommon Truth this week. Where else are you going to hear a discussion like that? If you found that discussion valuable, interesting, or inspiring, or maybe just a little bit challenging, then I would challenge you to leave us a rating or review on iTunes, which boosts us up the charts there and lets more people find our discussions about the church the way Jesus meant it to be. I would also challenge you to share the podcast with friends, family, distant relations, anybody that would find it uh, thought-provoking or maybe challenging as you have. And the way you can do that is checking out the link that I've posted in the show notes directly below this episode. Whoever clicks on that link, if you post it on a Facebook group or via text message or email, it'll take them, no matter what device they're using, it'll take them to their preferred, correct podcast hosting site, whatever that is. So Apple users will go right to iTunes or uh, Apple Podcasts. Google users will go to Google Podcasts. Everybody else will go to Spotify. Really easy to do, pretty foolproof. So share it that way. In those show notes, you'll also find some ways that you can connect with the Father's House Church and know a little bit more about what goes on here. We've got our sermons there. We've got links to Steve's books on Amazon. We've got our Instagram, Facebook, all sorts of social media that you can see with your eyes what actually goes on here on a daily basis. And then we've got our links to some of the ministries we run here. Our School of Transformation, which is starting soon. Our Urban Mission Experience, which is our new name for our Project 61 short-term mission trips here. And our Life Recovery Ministries for those who are dealing with addictions in their lives. So definitely check those out. Also a friendly reminder for those of you who enjoy hearing Jordy on the podcast and enjoyed last week's episode with Jordy and Stephanie, I would encourage you to check out, I'll leave in the show notes, the links to Jordy's journey, their Facebook page, where you can get updates on, on his medical journey, his uh, diagnosis with cancer and how the family's doing, and also the GoFundMe that goes directly to the Mumby family, it helps them keep living their normal life through all the changes in dietary restrictions when you get a diagnosis like that um, helps them to to take care of their kids and make sure everybody's doing well during this tough time for them so check those out and definitely lend them a hand and that's going to do it for this week have a happy labor day this has been the uncommon truth